This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. Today, we're going to talk to you about an interesting topic called remote viewing. It's not watching Netflix. It is not watching Netflix. Remote viewing is a thing that's got an, a pretty appropriate name. It's the ability to perceive something from a distance. That distance can be in time. It can be in space. It just allows the viewer to see something from quite a distance away. And yes. it's not seen like you see with your eyes. It's a, a sense that they get or sometimes pictures in their minds or words. It's a, any number of things. It allows them to look into the future, into the past, into the present. It isn't supposed to be some mysterious power, but something that can be taught. It's been a subject that has been studied not only by the government, but also by universities such as Princeton and Stanford. Oh, yeah. All sorts of prestigious universities have studied it. And uh, more than one branch of the government has looked into it, some, some more than others. Yeah. But, yeah. It's been... It's extensive. It's been taken more seriously than one would expect it to be taken. Yes. Interestingly enough, the whole reason it's called remote viewing is due to the government run parts of, you know, trying to make people actually train to do it. They didn't want to have anything too weird sounding. Or... Too woo-woo sounding. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to, like, the parapsychology and stuff that they Yeah, so they give it know, a very technical, very technical mm -hmm. name, like remote viewing. A, yeah, remote viewing. <laughs> there are a few different kinds of remote viewing. There is extended remote viewing, controlled remote viewing, and associative remote viewing. Extended remote viewing is done in a state just before sleep called hypnagogic. I guess it is kind of dozing, pretty much. It's pretty much right when you're about to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's done with the viewer laying down in a dimly lit or dark room, and preferably soundproof, so not to, you know, nothing that happens outside of the room can jolt the viewer out of their almost sleep. As the viewer is reaching the state, the interviewer whispers to them either geographical coordinates or some other number associated with the intended target. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be anything. It could be random numbers that the interviewer came up with. It just needs to be associated with the target. I see. I think I would be perfect for this experiment because... I think you would just fall asleep. <clears throat> uh, well, 
they wouldn't have to wait very long to get me to be almost asleep. So if they got there quick enough, they might be able to catch me before I pass the fuck out. Maybe, maybe. The interviewer listens as the viewer describes the target. Once the viewer quote-unquote finds the right target, the interviewer begins asking them questions about it. It's said that this method of remote viewing is more accurate than controlled remote viewing because in the state of near unconsciousness, there is little conscious attempts to figure out what the clues mean. So you're getting more of a pure source. Controlled remote viewing. That's a really hard thing to say. It is not super easy. And I'm going to say because it a few times. Because your mind wants to switch it around so bad because oh, yeah. of the wording. And, but just the sequence that the words are in is just like, yeah, that's a tough one. I guess we should sort of describe how the whole thing works. I mean, I, I just talked about interviewer and the viewer. So the viewer is the person doing the actual remote viewing. And the interviewer or the monitor is the person that is directing the whole thing. They're the person with the information. The viewer themselves only gets coordinates or this other number or something like that in order to to clue in on what it is. And isn't sometimes there another person that might actually be at that location or is looking at pictures of a of a place? At yeah, the same that's, time. that's what they would do to attempt to make it, to prove that it was happening, is they'd put someone someplace and mm -hmm. then have them doing, like, looking at a book or whatever, and then the remote viewer, once they hone in on the place, is able to, or not able, to uh -huh. get the information that they're trying, they're trying to get. And every time they are right, they refer to it as a hit. Because, again, government, you know. Yeah, I mean, they got to they make it sound cool. They got to make it sporty. Controlled remote viewing is when the interviewer gives the viewer a string of numbers that corresponds to a target. This, again, could be coordinates or like to a geographical location or just arbitrarily assigned numbers to a person, place, thing, event. Could be anything. The remote viewer just writes down or draws the impressions they get about the target. The only information the viewer has are the numbers they are given, and those, are, those can be randomly generated. Actual pages of notes the viewers have written are available online, and many of them are quite accurate to what the target was. So they'll give a target of, like, say, the, the Great Pyramids, and they'll come up with, they'll draw a pyramid and be talking about sand or how it's hot or something like that. A lot of them are also well off, but you can find all these things because the, the CIA just declassified all this shit the same they year did. that they, they canceled the, the Project Stargate, which is what yeah. all of this is, is, is basically is just is Project Stargate. Yeah, and involved the CIA and then the National Security Agency and one other smaller one, I know. Yeah. They both did stuff. Well, it was, you know. They, yeah. It was the Cold War. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, the <laughs> other sort of remote viewing they use is called associative remote viewing, which is, I mean, they say it's not really a technique, but it seems like kind of a technique. Uh, maybe it's more of a technique for the monitor or the interviewer, more so than the person actually viewing it. Uh, this is a way they obtain specific information about future events. And normally this is a black and white type event. So, say, two candidates which one's going to win the election. Uh, sometimes they can do 
more than that, you know, uh, but it's always real black or white things. So in this example, we'll go, you associate, the interviewer is associating one candidate to a toilet and the other to a can of dog food. The interviewer doesn't show, doesn't tell the viewer which one he's associating which with. But instead asks, asks the viewer what object they will be shown after the election is over. So then the viewer is like, oh man, it's, you know, white and clean and filled with water or, you know, to, or they're like, oh, it's, you know, a cylinder thing and I open it up and it's food for my best friend. Whatever the fuck. They just, they come up with some sort of thing that they're going to see after the election. And so... Mm. I don't want to think about what I might see after any given election. <laughs> right. It's kind of terrifying. Well, uh, in this particular, <laughs> you know, thing, so if the candidate that's associated with the toilet wins and <laughs> the viewer... What candidate would that be? Uh, it it seems like matter. all of them. That's really a hard distinction to I mean, make. Which one that... isn't the fucking toilet? Well, that, okay. See, that's, that's the thing is the interviewer <laughs> makes that association. Which one is literally not full of shit? Well, I know that's, I mean, that's definitely in real life how it works <laughs> but in this particular example which has nothing to do with real life okay just an example it's just an interesting association well i mean they're politicians so they're you know they're <laughs> fucking toilets and dog food you know i mean come on uh <laughs> but if the viewer sees that after the election they're going to be shown a toilet then that means the monitor is going to be like oh, okay well that means this candidate and so after that happens and say that that the, the toilet wins, the toilet actually wins. <laughs> I'm and pretty then, sure the toilet has won a few times. And then you show, in the, recent view, you show the viewer a toilet and <laughs> that way you're like completing the loop. They saw the toilet and then so you show them the toilet like you're, you're right. You saw the toilet and they and I guess they need that for some sort of a completion or something. Okay. I don't know. But say they're wrong, and instead of the toilet winning, the dog food wins. You show them the dog food. Even though they said the toilet, you show them the dog food because it was the dog food that won. I, I, I get you. I don't really know what sort of repercussions happen if you don't show them the right thing. I was just thing, but... thinking and wondering what has happened as far as like things the government does to the general public because of them going on on something like totally random and wild like that like they saw dog food now we gotta plan a coup i mean what the fuck i i don't know i don't know i don't know either i'm not sure i want to know i'm not sure i want to know I have very few things that the government takes into consideration when it comes to uh, what happens to the general public? Well, they're very interested in <laughs> women's w women's bits. They're quite yes. interested in that. Yeah, that's it, it a huge deal. Like. Yeah, they're very, yeah. very much about that. And so I think that's about it. I think they're just wondering well, what well, the women's would bits do. and and guns. Yes, even though guns like, aren't really threatened. That's right. Not as much <laughs> as women's bits. Yeah, I mean it's it's a right to carry arms. It, to bear arms it's, it, there is so much shit that has to go that has to happen in order to take that away 
um, yeah. for whatever reason, it's perfectly for okay reason, to legislate the misogynist said wombs. that made the Constitution. They were just like, hey. They didn't say shit about wombs. The yeah, Constitution and then is, even, it's well, religion and, that talks and, about wombs. Religion cares and, a lot about it. Yeah, the Supreme Court enacting something, that's, that's almost as good as it being in the Constitution. Yeah, it's all fucking stupid. It becomes an amendment or something like that. So I, I think that it's there and it doesn't need to go anywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. But nevertheless. But then, of course, then there's the, the state's powers to do things. So With yeah. your womb. Yes. I feel like we're a bit off topic at this point. <laughs> yes. Where were we? <laughs> this whole thing with remote viewing all started in the early 70s. The CIA got some intelligence claiming that the USSR had been employing psychics to gain American classified information and other intelligence using just their minds. The same piece of intelligence claimed that Russians were researching psychokinesis as well, which is, you know, telekinesis, psychokinesis, it's moving shit with your mind. Shit with your mind, yeah. The word was that they were spending 60 million rubles a year on it. I tried to figure out how much that was in today's money, and it just wasn't happening. But we can <laughs> assume it was a shitload because this was the 70s. Well, it's a government that's been so unstable that there's just no way to like accurately track the trends, probably make it easily available, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't. Where, like, I, with, I like the U.S., where it's, that's... I couldn't US. even figure out how much 60 million rubles caught, like was equivalent to in American money in the 1970s. It just, the information, it just, it, it just wasn't there. Or at least I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. At any rate, they spent that much on it. And since it was the Cold War, the CIA was like, well, fuck, we should put some people on this shit too. So they began funding a project at the Stanford Research Institute in California. It was headed by Harold E. Putoff and Russell Targ. Puthoff was into Scientology back in the 60s and reached its top level in 1971, which is, wow. it's, in 1971, the top level is not as high up as the top level now. It was like Thetan level seven or whatever the fuck, and oh, now it's, so it's more. Like, Tom Cruise has already like tripled like what the... Hey, be careful, they'll the sue us. The high was. <laughs> be careful, they'll sue us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sue us. I'm... Yeah, we're poor. I'm complimenting. I'm complimenting because he, yeah, he's, he's way up there. Uh, Mr. Way to go. Yeah. Way to go, Tom Cruise. Way to go, Tom Cruise. And Scientology. I, I actually love yeah. Tom Cruise. He's a great actor. I love his movies. I just love him. He, he, love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. Good, good actor. Very interesting to watch. So Yes. You were just anyway. talking about the discrepancy <laughs> in levels. So Yeah, yeah. I'm so, just yeah, assuming Tom that, yeah, Tom, oh, probably so well essentially, ahead. without me getting us sued, love you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> For real. Not joking. Um, you're saying that the top level was a much lower level than it is now. The new top level, the model. It was a lower level. number. It was it a was lower still, number. I mean, it was still the top level, but. The top level back then was seven or eight or whatever, and now it's more than 57. That. Or whatever the know. fuck. I don't okay. even know. 34. 
he also wrote a couple articles in a couple of Scientology magazines about how he was now fearless and he could remote view before it was called remote view or before the government was super involved with it anyway. Uh, by the late 70s, however, he did leave the church. He was no longer involved with that church. That was allowed? I, I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean, he managed to do it. Sorry, don't sue us again. In the more recent past, he co-founded To the Stars with Tom DeLonge, formerly of Blink-182. Okay. So that's the new, you know, To the Stars Academy or whatever, the Academy of To the Stars, whatever the fuck it is. They were all involved with alien stuff right before the government was like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just handle this. I, I don't know if To the Stars is still doing shit. I just haven't heard about it much lately. Uh, Targ was a physicist, is a physicist, and joined the SRA in 1972. And that's when he began researching remote booing with Padoff. Yeah, I think the, the project started in 72, so th these were the first guys on it. Yeah, it was okay. put off first and then Targ shortly thereafter. Well, right. no, I believe it started in, in, in 1970. I think it was there. I don't know. It was the early 70s it started. Early 70s. All right. In 1971, they called on a man named Yuri Geller. Geller had been an Israeli paratrooper and is now a stage magician and an illusionist, as well as a, as well as a psychic. Oh, wow. That's awesome. While in military service, he was wounded in the Six-Day War. Uh, the Six-Day War happened in June of 67. Uh, it was due to basically the same shit that's going on today in the area. Jordan, Egypt, Syria, and Lebanon wanted to fuck up Israel. But mm -hmm. Israel, like, heard about this. And so they very quickly and decisively just fucking destroyed them. Just fucking... Just put them down, like destroyed mm -hmm. Egypt's air force or something. Just fucked <laughs> wow. them up. And uh, so it took six days, and that's where they got the Sinai Peninsula, the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, Old City Jerusalem, and the Golan Heights. I believe it's actually still considered illegal, like an illegal act, but people don't give a shit because they're like, ah, whatever, Israel. You, you do you. <laughs> it's been an area. Of long conflict. Yes. Uh, so he was a model for a couple years after he got out of the military. And then uh, he became a stage performer. And he was touted as the real thing at, and as well as denounced as a fraud. Uh, he didn't do very well in their remote viewing tests. Because they their, the way they tested it sort of weeded out any sort of stage magic that could happen. So... Yuri Geller probably wasn't much of a remote viewer, really, per se. He wasn't the real deal. He was not the real deal. Good stage magician, but he wasn't actually. He isn't. He's still alive. Uh, he isn't. Not dead yet. A remote, a remote viewer. Not dead. Not. Remote. And also not dead. Also not dead. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, Ian Swan. Ian Swan was another remote viewer that worked at the SRI. This guy was the one that got the attention of the CIA, really. Okay. He's the guy that came up with the idea of controlled remote viewing. CVR. We talked about it uh, just a little mm -hmm. while ago. This is the technique where they're just given the coordinates and that's it. Then the viewer gives the impressions they have about the area. Sometimes they write it, sometimes they draw the pictures, and sometimes they're shockingly accurate. When he first arrived, Putnoff and Targ tested him for psychokinesis. You know, moving stuff with his mind and 
the events of this test were kind of sketchy. It's really hard to it's really hard to say if anything happened, and mm. if something happened, what exactly that happened, like what it was that happened. <laughs> um, you know what? Like government reports are so excellent at being super wordy yet saying nothing. Yes, and these ones, I mean, these guys haven't always been. They're so wordy, it's tedious to read it all, but there's still just, like, nothing. It's just a bunch of words. These guys specifically are not really thought of as having done very good tests. Not very scientific tests. And it's possible that they... Some believe that they may have made it appear like it was... Like it was working better than it did? Yes. Okay. At any rate, they're testing him for psychokinesis. Uh, the test is kind of funky. So there was an irregularity that was known to occur with the device they're using to record the test. And it was due to environmental conditions. There was a helium line into the lab, and somehow that affected this device. So allegedly, when they brought Swan in there, he was making this shit happen with his mind. And they'd be like, did you just do that? And be like, do what? Do this? And then things would happen again. And they'd be like, did you do that? And be like, well, like what? It was just really convoluted <laughs> and just like kind of dumb. After this is when they went to remote viewing. Like, okay, well, this didn't really. We, we can't just. Yeah, well, let's try remote viewing. And he's said to be correct 90% of the time overall. Although they only released the results of the final test of 10 coordinates they gave. I believe there was 9 or 10 different stages, and each stage had 10 coordinates. So the final one was the one that they released the results of, and 7 were correct, 1 was wrong, and 2 were neutral. So 7, they were like, oh yeah, this is totally where we, we were pointing them towards. One was like, no, that's that's completely off. And two, where he probably didn't come up with any distinguishing details, so they couldn't really pinpoint. It was too ambiguous. He was also the guy who did a remote viewing session to check out Jupiter. Because at this point, no one was really super sure about Jupiter. It was far off, and I mean, people just didn't really know much about Jupiter. Jupiter was a little sus still. It was like, I don't know much about that planet. That's that's very true. Uh, apparently, this one took some time. He had to stay in a trance for a little while, but uh, he did claim that he saw rings and that uh, he saw crystals in the atmosphere. Both of these claims were confirmed by NASA. The crystals one is a little bit, I don't know, iffy, because yes, there are crystals in the atmosphere of Jupiter. It's like it's tiny like ice crystals and shit of whatever shit they have that's frozen there. However, there are actually rings around Jupiter, which wasn't known until Voyager made it out there, which was in 1979. And he made mm -hmm. these claims in 1973. So there's no way he would have known. Because no one knew. I don't even think we believe that was the case. So, you know. That's something. Yeah, it's something. 
Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab, or PEAR, was founded in 1979. It was founded by Robert G. John, who is a professor of aerospace engineering and dean of the School of Engineered and Applied Science at Princeton University. So the guy was like a, he was a real boy, you know, he was fancy <laughs> with a place and stuff. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. And they set up this pair research, this, this pair, this, you know, the, the research lab to test psychokinesis and telekinesis, which is, again, moving stuff with your mind. And they also studied remote viewing and electronic random event generators. Electronic random event generators, or REGs, are things that run all over the world. And they basically flip 200 switches every second, either to a positive or a negative. It's thought that subliminal energy of some sort affects these switches and that major world events can be predicted when the random switching of the switches stops being random. The test they were doing was to see if people could use their mind to affect these switches. And there were sometimes not physical switches, but, you know, more virtual switches. And after big events, things like 9-11 or the Indian Ocean tsunami, uh, shit like that, they uh, would test, look at these switches and they would see that there was a pattern on them. And so they're trying to figure out if this pattern is something they can figure out beforehand, which is not something they've been able to do because they've only been able to really study it after the event. Uh, this pair was incorporated into the ICRL in 2007. ICRL is International Consciousness Research Laboratories. That's quite a mouthful. That is quite a mouthful. Joseph McMonagall was another viewer that was tested by the SRI. He grew up in an abusive house with barely enough money for anything but booze. As a young child, he recalls having visions at night, and as he got older, his psychic abilities increased. He'd hitchhike around as a teenager, and apparently further honed his psychic powers to keep himself safe. I don't know if he was, like, telling the future to, you know, I'm not going to get in this van, or, or what. Maybe he was wielding psychic powers similar to an X-Man, I'm not sure. As soon as he was able, he joined the military just to get the fuck away from his family. This was in 64. When the Vietnam War happened, he went there. And in 1978, he became remote viewer number one at the new remote viewing facility in Fort Meade, Maryland. This is when this project becomes Project Stargate. All the stuff from Stanford gets relocated here. The researchers, the researchers, the, the viewers. McMonagall had correctly remote viewed many things. In 79, he predicted that a Soviet Typhoon-class submarine was at a specific location, and it was found later that it was in that particular place. Uh, the thing about that is that we didn't know they had this specific class of submarine. This was a huge submarine with tons of weaponry on it, and it, had, it, was, it wasn't something that the United States had seen at this point. And... It was through satellite surveillance that they found out that, sure as fucking shit, this giant nuclear submarine existed. And it was what and where McMonagall 
said it was. So, yeah. Uh, now he also predicted a trend where people would get temporary tattoos and no longer wear clothing, and instead the temporary tattoos would just be their clothing. Hmm. In the weather you're in, that might be quite comfortable. That would be. I wish I had some temporary tattoos to just cover my naughty bits with, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, another thing that is it McMonagall. McMonagall, yeah. yeah. Another incident with McMonagall was in 1981 when General James Dozer was kidnapped, and he named the city that he was in. He drew a street map. This is a, his own words. Um. But he says that the information didn't get there till he was released, but probably it would have resulted in his release. This is an interview that he does with, like, CBSnews.com, like, Oh, yeah, the guy wrote, like, four books. Ago. I mean, he's been in, he, he's yeah. no, yeah, he's very hip to the whole media scene. Mm-hmm. Although when this particular uh, interviewer, when CBS News tried to, you know, test him, it didn't work. And then another time they tested him with two objects in their pocket. So they had a correspondent go out to like Niagara Falls and had him try and describe like what, you know, the target was. And he didn't get it right. He was, you know, getting a building with all sorts of weird architectural shapes. But then the next time it was somebody, I don't know if they were in the room or close by, but they had something in each pocket and he guessed right correctly that uh, one object would be small and metal and the other object in the other pocket would be small and plastic. So they didn't specify what the exact objects ended up being, but they said that they, that he did get it right that second time around. Well, there's, I mean, that's not bad. Now, another thing that he figured out is uh, he was able to remote view to the past. And he was able to find out where humans came from. And as it turns out, it's not some sort of ape scenario. We're not just another great ape. We are descendant of an otter-like creature that was created in a lab. Is this where South Park got their otter future thing? Remember that? I don't, but probably. But I feel like, I mean, it's just so unusual. Yeah, I would would see that. (laughs) Yeah, but this is the past. And so... These these cr- well, they creators. may be our future too. All right, Fair if they're enough. our past, they can be our fucking future. Fair they're enough. They're just they're just laying and waiting right now. They're being cute at the aquarium, eating well, these, stuff off their tummy. Well, these creators made these otter-like creatures and seeded them on Earth, and we eventually evolved from them, or something to that effect. And then just regular otters, just you know. What about them? Does it doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't actually mention what's about the deal with modern day otters. It or doesn't they... doesn't really mention modern otters. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like if it was if we evolved from otters, like otters would also be related to that original thing. I mean, it they look more like the otter creators, I'm sure, than we do now. Uh, probably, but I don't know. We don't I look mean, very much like sea otters. I don't think we don't look like any otters, really. I mean, I do like to to lay in the water, and if eat off it your wouldn't belly. make a yeah, if it wouldn't make a mess and or be unsanitary, I would totally eat off my belly. Yeah, in the water, I would do that one hundred percent. 
crush clams and consume yeah, them. Yeah, well, and it's really hard to get food to and fro when you're going to be just out in the middle of water and eating. Well, I mean, that makes sense because you're, you're into mermaids as well. So I can see how you would be, you like mm -hmm. this whole otter creature thing. I, I, I want him to, to come back. It's like, come back, otter rulers. I, I feel they would do a better job. Uh, not so much rulers as like progenitors, I guess. Right, but just have them be, have the creator do you just, that again. You just want otters. Yeah, around. I just want otters. Well, as just we said before, happen. Project Stargate lasted until 1995. Uh, the CIA disbanded it and then immediately revealed, like, re like put out 10,000 pages of the shit that came from it. Which is strange. Mm -hmm. Normally they, and it's not even heavily redacted. I've read some no, of it. No, there's, just, yeah. Just, you're like, oh, wow, that's very straightforward. I mean, some of the stuff that you read that they've, like, declassified, air flows going here, it's like, you Black can only make it, like, by and, the. yeah, exactly, the, and, or, and, yeah, not a whole lot else from, too. <laughs> and actually, what was funny is, is just two years before, two or three years before they canceled it, Congress was like, yeah, here's two million bucks. Like, yeah, these going. documents, so, there's like a couple, there's like two or three redacted like names like at the top and then that's it. It's just yeah, paragraph yeah. after paragraph. It's amazing. And, and so people have, you know, some theories as to why it was canceled. Uh, one of the theories is that it worked really well and that the CIA didn't want them pulling up any of these fucking things they had done. Yeah, I'm so sure that's why they declassified it. And Well, I mean, they didn't, you know, obviously uh -huh. declassify those documents, but it, I mean... Not the ones that said it really well. I mean, well. also, if it worked that well, why would they have declassified it instead of buried it and kept using it? Yeah, which I just feel like that's what they would do. I mean, if you had a secret, I'm, I'm sure this also happens, but there's some secret stash of money of like income. You gonna let everyone know about that or, or whatever? I mean, who just killed? Secretly who, have it come? Yeah. Who made what? As long as it occur, kept coming to I mean, you and you could keep squirreling it away. Any, any, any manner of things. Mm -hmm. Lots of secrets that, if you're able to glean, make it so you're like, maybe we shouldn't have be be putting money into this research because we don't want them to know what we've done. Right. Pretty much. And then, of course, another one is that. So. As McGonagall looked into our past, and as the other guy looked onto Jupiter, people got scared about otters, people. Didn't they? No, they got well. <laughs> people like apparently, I think it was McGonagall as well. He he saw on Mars that there were aliens there, and so they didn't want the public to know about aliens, and I so see. then they they shut it down. Have we even discussed if aliens actually come from Mars? Because I feel like they don't. And... Uh, no, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there could have been aliens in Mars at some point. But at this point, we have, there's two rovers on Mars right now. There's mm -hmm. the American rover and then the Chinese have a 90-day rover up there. Yes. So I'm pretty sure if there is aliens, they're either avoiding these two rovers on the giant planet, which is, you know, I guess feasible, or they're on the inside of the planet, or they don't exist. Yeah, Mars, Hollow Earth. Hollow Mars. Hollow Mars, yeah. I don't think it would be Mars, Hollow Earth, but yeah. No. Hollow Mars, Mars. Concept of Hollow Earth, except in... No, no, no. Mars is flat. Oh, okay. 
goddamn flat Marsers. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to say here on uh, remote viewing? Not really, other than this went on from the 70s, it ended in the 90s, and about $20 million yeah. was spent on it. That's your tax dollars at work there. Oh, there was uh, the movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, that was based on this whole thing. Oh, was it? Yeah. I haven't oh, actually watched that. Oh, it's it looks very like it would good. be funny. It's very and George, good. It's I love got, George Clooney. And Jeff Bridges. Yeah, and George you Clooney, and McGregor. Jeff Bridges. Uh, you and McGregor? You and McGregor. Yeah. No Tom no. Cruise, though. Uh, no Tom Cruise. Uh, I think... But those it, are all is great Is John actors. Malkovich in it? Uh, John Malkovich might be in it, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a great... Yeah, great movie. You should watch it if it's if it's go- any place. It's hilarious and just badass. Okay. I should watch it's, it. It's so funny days. because they talk about the Force. And this is after Ewan McGregor was in Star Wars. And so they're they're like explaining to him what a Jedi Knight is and shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just fucking it's. it's I love it's, it when movies do that. They yeah. make references to you know, other movies through the actors that are there acting out a different part. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It is good stuff. That sounds great. I will be sure to watch it. Well, we're sorry it's kind of a shorter one this time. But, you know, it's the summer. What do you guys want? Yeah, hope you guys are all out there having a great fun time. Yes, hopefully uh, everyone is well and uh, you're doing whatever you think is right and uh, not infringing on other people's rights. That's right, because you don't want to be a dick like that. No, don't be a dick. As always, you can find us any place that we are at either Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. You can... Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash strangerthanpodcast. For $2 a month, you get ad-free regular episodes. For $5 a month, you also get an edition of a free true crime episode. And for $1 a month, you just place a dollar on our little hearts. You can check out the podcast syndicate we are a part of, Age of Radio, at ageofradio.org. There you can find a shitload of other podcasts. You can also listen to us there at ageofradio.org slash stranger than. Other than that, I think that we will talk to you next time. And stay strange.